Hello, it's Lauren and Alicia here from Deviant Women, the podcast where we usually talk about deviant women from history, mythology, literature, and contemporaneity. Only we have a little bit of bad news this week. You see, due to some unforeseen circumstances, we have had to delay our episode by one week. Yes, just one week, not a whole fortnight. We're gonna not gonna make you wait out the entire <laughs> two weeks as usual, just a single week this time. But it's not all bad news because this week we get to introduce to you our new sister podcast here on Lip Media. All the Shit I've Learned Abroad is a travel podcast focused on everything and anything related to travel. Hosts Steph and Andrea, two Canadian expats, come together remotely each week to record episodes based on their own travel experiences ranging from lost passports, missed flights to travel scams. Mm, and we've all been there. We well, have. I have. Actually, I haven't. I've been scammed. Well, have to be you? honest... I was trying to warn Brendan about how to not be scammed and he literally walked immediately into a scam. But that's a story for another day. Classic, Brendo. Andrea lives and works in London and travels around Europe whenever a free weekend permits. Oh, that's living the dream. Such a dream. Such a dream. And Steph now lives in Melbourne after spending the past four years travelling the world. Another dream. Mm -hmm. The show launched in 2019 with popular episodes on underrated travel destinations, travel snobbery and how to navigate trips during festival season. In the following episode, Steph and Andrea discuss solo travel. We've both done a lot of solo travel. So much solo travel. And I think actually for me it's such a massively invigorating experience Mm. where I feel like my – best self when I'm solo traveling. I'm a massive advocate for solo travel, especially for women. I think it's terrific, but I also feel like my most unwashed self. (laughs) Yeah, that is that too. I get into my dirtiest, dirtiest, tippy (laughs) self when I'm solo traveling. So true. So in this episode, Steph and Andrea touch on why traveling on your lonesome is so great. What holds you back from trying it and how to make that initial leap? So if you enjoy what you hear, you can listen to all the shit I've learned abroad on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to us. And we will see you all back here on Deviant Women for our brand new episode next week. We'll see you then. You're listening to All the Shit I've Learned Abroad. I'm Andrea Gillis. And I'm Steph Page. We're two Canadian expats now living in Australia and the UK. Between the two of us, we've been through the ringer in our travels, experiencing missed flights, volcanic eruptions, and even a terrorist attack. It's not all that extreme, though. We've also experienced heartwarming, life-changing moments and met amazing people along the way. So kick back and listen to All the Shit I've Learned Abroad. Welcome to another episode of All the Shit I've Learned Abroad. I'm Andrea, and here with Steph. Good hey, Steph. morning. <laughs> morning. And on today's episode, we're going to talk about solo traveling. Mm-hmm. Now, Steph and I are massive, huge advocates of solo traveling, and we've done loads of all. I've done, I think, the majority of my traveling now has probably been on my own. What would you say uh, for your travels? What's the ratio you've done solo versus with people? I'd say I'm at about 80-20 now. So 80 solo, 20 with people in these past couple of years. That's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a huge fan. And once you start, it's really hard to go back. And these are some of the things we're going to talk about today and and how we first, you know, our first solo traveling experiences, why we did it, where we went. And Steph, what was yours? Maybe we should go into, let's talk about some of the reasons you travel on your own and some of the places you've gone. I'd say I started, it wasn't necessarily a choice when I started, but I just wanted to go places, new places that my friends didn't want to go. Um, You know, where I'm from, there's a very, there's a mentality of, you know, go to the Dominican and go to Cuba and um, go to a warm Caribbean country for a week at a resort, which is great. And if that's what you want to do, that's cool. That 
isn't yeah. what I enjoy. Um, that was, I have to say that, that was my first and just talking about that we're from the same place and, and you're right. That's exactly kind of what people do. And there's again, nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. Um, but my first trip ever outside of Canada was exactly that to the Dominican Republic, all inclusive holiday. Yeah. Um, and that was as far as I had been exposed to traveling yeah. until I was probably in my early twenties. Yeah, I did that. <laughs> I, so I did that a few times and I was like, oh, this is great, but I feel like there's more I could be getting out of this. So then I really started wanting to go to Europe and I had my sister was living in Ireland at the time. Um, I saw there were some school conferences that I could go to. One was in Prague and I really wanted to go and I just decided to still go. But I feel like it gave me a good dip my toes in because I flew, mm-hmm. I flew to Ireland and I had my sister there. So it was a bit of so a... So you knew, you knew someone there, yeah. Yeah, and it was, so it was a bit of a safety net for once I got there. And granted, you know, she took, I think, a day or two off work. But she, you know, they, they had lives and jobs, so they were working. So during the day, I was out exploring by myself with that safety net of, you know, someone I knew to stay with. Um, so. Yeah, that you'd go back home to at the end of the night. And you'd have someone to kind of, I guess, yeah. even like talk to and say, hey, this is what I did today. This is what I saw. Yeah. And then I got approved for the work conference in the Czech Republic. So when I flew over there, the conference had organized the airport transfer in the hotel. So that mm-hmm. was a, you know, a little safety net for kind of my, uh, I don't remember which one of those two I did first, but uh, same idea. So I went over by myself and I had time by myself, but um you know, I just had those stepping stones into straight on being by myself. What about you? I was, my first time traveling on my own was, it would have been Rome when I went to Italy. So moved over to London in 2010, late 2010. And I guess I was more, for me then it was kind of, I didn't really have a choice. If I wanted to travel, I had to go on my own. I didn't really have any friends here yet. You know, no one that I would say, hey, do you want to go away on holiday with? Um, and so I think at first I was a bit apprehensive of traveling on my own when I first moved over here. Um, but then I think three or four months went by and I was in London and I was thinking, you know, I've got so many different countries at my doorstep, super cheap Mm. flights. Um, you know, why am I not taking advantage of this? And the only reason that came to my head was, oh, I've got no one to go with. And that was when it kind of clicked where I'm like, well, wait a second, I don't need someone to go with. Why should I wait on someone? you know, to want to go somewhere with me or, you know, why should I wait to make, you know, real friends over here? So that's when I booked a flight, went to Rome for four days um, and had a great time. And that was the first time I I went alone and it felt, you know, I felt really independent. Mm -hmm. Um, It was really exciting. I, you know, the first time you travel on your own, I I guess there's a feeling you can't really describe. How would you, I, 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 I would, I would just call it empowering really. Yeah, maybe that's it. Empowering. Yeah. And I think before you do it, and I've talked to people and people have come and spoken to me just asking, uh, the big part is making that leap. You've never done it. You know, people do it. Mm -hmm. How do you make that leap? Because people tell themselves all these stories in their head. Um, You know, they're afraid of eating alone. And maybe because if they see someone eating alone, they pity them. Meanwhile, that person's probably having a great time. Yeah, exactly. Um, they're afraid of eating alone. They're afraid of not understanding transit. And they just have all these fears that they really dwell on in their head. and That everything they, will go wrong. Yeah, and they don't know that they'll be fine. And it's like you said, once you've, once you've made the leap, because I found after I did it the first time, I was like, this is amazing. I want to travel on my own. 
like all maybe not all the time, but I was like, I could do this every other weekend if I wanted. I could go away anywhere and not have to wait on anyone. And, and you know, it felt, it's like, I almost like compare it to, you know, when they say you get a tattoo for the first time and then you're addicted. Yes. And then you just get more and more and more. That's how I kind of felt about traveling alone for the first time. I was terrified to do it the first time, but then once I did it, mm-hmm. I was almost like addicted. I don't know if addicted is the right word, but. It gives you that rush. Like, I think it's honestly that yeah. rush that. I don't want to say this now that I was going to be like, it feels like it gives you that rush that, you know, people who gamble get when, when they're winning. No, well, um, it's like endorphins, without, It's right? like that rush without all the negative addiction side. Yeah. Like there's nothing that, yeah, exactly. No, but that, that's a good point. It does give you this sort of rush of, you know, I don't know, like, like you said, empowering and you feel like you've accomplished something. I think there's, there's a big sense of accomplishment as well. Like once you come back from a trip that you've done on your own, especially if you've had a really, you know, I've done a lot of solo trips and I love the ones, um, where I'm somewhere for four or five days and I get so much done. You know, I do a lot of city breaks in Europe. I remember, I remember I went to Berlin for the first time about three years ago and I had, you know, there's two very different types of trips that you can do in Berlin. You can do, you know, where you go and party and you're raving until like eight o'clock in the morning, which I've never done one of those in Berlin and I'd love to. But the other type is where you actually go around and see the city and do the touristy thing. So I yeah. did that. I, 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 I went for the sort of touristy trip, but in the four days I was there, I literally just did, you know, did this whole plan before I went. Um, figured out all the things I wanted to see. I signed up for specific walking tours I wanted to do. And I remember just coming back to London thinking, oh, like, look at all the stuff I did in four days. I've seen Berlin. I know (laughs) Berlin now. And I just felt really good about it. And I was on like this high for, you know, a couple weeks after that. You know, sometimes you come back from holiday and you get that like, you know, post-holiday blues. I actually find when I go traveling on my own, I get almost the opposite when Mm. I come back. Because again, it's that feeling of like, oh, I've done something very cool independently. It's so funny you mentioned Berlin because Berlin, I feel like, is really my first place as well where I was alone alone. And that was, I've spoken about it on in here before, actually. Uh, that time when my boss was like, Steph, you have vacation time. Uh, this was in December. He's use like, it. I need you to use it before the end of the year and everyone else has Christmas off. So... I need you to go on vacation tomorrow for a week. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, uh, you need to go somewhere. Like cheapest flight is to where? And it was to Berlin at that moment. So yeah, on, I think I went to Berlin with less than 12 hours notice. And yeah, it was just that like the, the thrill of booking it and the thrill of, you know, just throwing stuff in a backpack. And I remember the girls I was living with at the time I went back and they're like, Oh, you know, how was your day? How was your day? I'm like, Good. I booked a flight to Berlin. I leave in 12 hours. Yeah. I'm packing. And they're like, what? Because like, that was so foreign to them. They're both. Yeah. And it's funny that you, you say that um, because even now I have friends, you know, living over in London or in Europe that when I tell them I'm traveling somewhere on my own or I'm going on uh, on holiday, and think about this. Whenever you tell someone, oh, I'm going on vacation, you know, next week, a couple of weeks, whenever it might be. The first thing, you know, if you're, well, if you're not in a relationship, I'm single. But the first thing people always say to me after I say that, they say, oh, who are you going with? I still find a lot of the time when I answer, you know, oh, I'm going, I'm just going on my own. Like people, they look at me like, what, you're not, you're not going with anyone. I just find it so weird that people find it weird. Do you get mm-hmm. the same reaction stuff? Do you like, do you know anyone that's like, oh, why would you go there by yourself? Or why would you go on vacation by yourself? I don't have anyone that says it to me now thankfully (laughs) I'm pretty sure I still have a few friends who think it 
Um, Maybe they're just used to it now, though. I think they're, yeah, they're just used to it. They're like, oh, that's staff. When I don't think they understand that there's a whole culture and movement of solo travelers. I really don't think they Mm -hmm. get that piece of it. They just think it's me being a little extra. And I'm like, no, there's a whole, like, and I'm low on the scale of, I think, what I do. Like, when you Mm -hmm. really start moving and you meet people who've been to, like, 80 countries by themselves, you're like, whoa. (laughs) They make me feel like an amateur. (laughs) And that's a good point. When, you know, often, and I think we did talk about this in a few episodes ago about, you know, meeting people abroad. And we mentioned, you know, when you're solo, you're a solo traveler, you do tend to, you know, you it's it. I find it easier to meet other travelers. But I've met so many other people traveling on their own. Um, and the more you start meeting these people, then the more just normal it feels. Because again, like I said, the first time I went to Rome, it did feel a little bit foreign or it felt, you know, a bit unnatural. And I felt a little bit uneasy walking around the city by myself, but I managed. But now because I've done it so many times and because I know and have met so many other people globally that do this, I'm like, oh, this is totally normal. Like so many people, and like you said, there's a huge wave right now. I think of more and more people, especially people in their late twenties, early mid thirties. Um, it's, it's a lot more common now, I think. I mean, yeah. would you say you've, you've sort of found the same, you know, like you traveled the world for a year. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you, know, you must've met loads of other people on their own. Oh, did I, I, the coolest people. And I mean, that's really one of the upsides to staying in hostels is that a lot of people are by themselves, but even if mm-hmm. you're not and you go on the walking tours and there's always people who are by themselves. I met so many and like their stories are fascinating to me. Like I just want to absorb everything they're saying. Like I remember I was in a hostel in India actually and I was having a conversation. There was a guy, I think when I was in Delhi, I was was there for two weeks and I was just taking a little bit of a break from constant moving. So there was a guy there who was there for a few days also and we saw a lot of people you know, come and go while we were staying there. So we got to talk, really got to talking and, you know, why are you here for a bit of an extended stay? And he had just, he was waiting on his Iranian visa to come through. He was from Spain Mm -hmm. and he was doing a bike tour, motorcycle tour, um, through the whole world. And he had just a few days before when I met him come through the India Pakistan border and was waiting on an Iranian visa before he could continue on on his trip. And I was just like, that, like that's something that's so foreign cool to me as that? a Canadian woman. I, I couldn't even fathom doing that myself. And he was just, you know, you meet people doing crazy things you'd never think about. And then it probably, I mean, I find when I, when I meet people, and like you said, doing things that I would never or think I would never do, it almost encourages me to be more adventurous Mm-hmm. And I find the more that I do travel solo and the more I meet yeah, other solo travelers, it makes me then want to do the next sort of big thing. And, you know, I'm looking right now at doing um, like a, a, a trekking trip on my own in Peru. That's something I'm, I'm looking to do next year. But again, I want to do it alone. Like I've done, you know, trips before, trekking trips with other people. But this is something I'm like, I don't want to go with anyone. This is something I do want to do by myself. Yeah. Um, and I do, I do find that there's certain places or certain types of trips that you prefer going on your own or being on, being on your own or being solo and other types of trips where you prefer having someone there or different types of 
I don't know, maybe different countries, cities. Yeah. What's your sort of preference? I'm so I'm actually having an internal dilemma about this right now. I've decided I'm going to hike the um it's called the Overland Track in Tasmania. It's a six day track. Mm-hmm. It, it can be longer with all the side trips that you can do. And I'm having that debate. I'm like, do I want to do this myself or do I want to do it with people? And I, mm. I don't, I mean, I don't know on that kind of thing. I think safety wise for something like that, it's probably best I do it with people. Uh, but there's going to be a lot of people on the track doing it themselves and other groups. Well, that, well, that's it. And I think so even with some tracks, you would still have like a tour guide or, you know, you might be put into a group. Mm-hmm. So on the tr- on the track, what, I, what I'll be doing is there's groups that go that are organized. So you have to actually buy a spot to do it in advance. And they only sell 60 departures a day. So 60 people can start and you have to pay for the specific day you want to depart. And mm-hmm. only 30 of those are allocated to people buying their own tickets. And 30 of those are allocated to tour groups who run tours to do it. So I'm going to be buying one of the individual spots. But I mean, there's going to be 59 other people starting the same day as me. Yeah. So you're not really mm-hmm. going to be solo, but you'll be there. Yeah, yeah. I think you hike it solo. Starting off on your own. I was going to say the first day or two. I mean, I imagine even on the first day, you're chatting with other people as you walk. So, yeah, I'm flip flopping. There's a couple people I've tried to convince to come over to do it with me. You are one of them. <laughs> um, oh yeah, I haven't gotten back to you on that yet, have I? <laughs> I mean, maybe that's my trek for next year, and then we don't. We just go together. Well, we don't have to be solo. And we didn't do New Zealand when you were here last, so we could do Tasmania trek, New Zealand, like a two week. But we'll mm, we'll we'll okay. circle back. On we can that. discuss that <laughs> off. Yeah, but, I mean, um, we could discuss it here <laughs> for everyone to listen. <laughs> I um, yeah, I just really, I like spending six days on a track is very. You want to make sure you get on with that person you're with too. Well, yeah, I I did uh, Mount Kilimanjaro not solo. I did it with my sister and my dad, <laughs> which I think after a week being stuck on a mountain with any family you're ready to get out of there but no it was good i'm i'm i say that jokingly (laughs) so that's my dilemma right now what are the reasons like how do you decide when to travel solo so for me it's not really much of a decision um i've got a couple friends over in london that you know i'll sometimes go on holiday with but for the most part i don't really have like a travel buddy out here anymore (laughs) Um, and I know that I know that sounds like a bad thing, but I, I honestly don't. Yeah, don't get me wrong. I, I do have a couple friends uh, here and there that you know we'll book you know little city city trips with. Um, but for the most part, I'll just you know if I want to go to a new country, I'm not going to let not having someone to go with hold me back. And I think most of the time I just book it. And yes. to the point now, I actually do have friends here. They're like, "Well, why didn't you tell me you were going here or here?" Like I would have come with you and I don't even sometimes think now to invite people how do you say like I don't want you I think sometimes I don't it's not that but (laughs) I I think I'm just so used to you know traveling so much on my own and because I like it so much and I can be on my own schedule and I don't have to rely on you know someone else being like you know the most annoying thing I find is when you're trying to even organize a trip with someone and you're like right you're looking at flights and you're like, right, flights are this much. Should we book this? And you're waiting for the other person to get back to you. And then the flights change and the price goes up. I'm like, oh, for God's sake, just like, so now I just book my flight. And if someone so, you know, a friend of mine so yeah. happens to mention, you know, if I tell them I'm going somewhere 
And if they're like, oh, cool, maybe I should come. I'd be like, cool, here's the flight I'm on. Feel free to meet me out there kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But I think I'm just so used to um, you know, booking trips on my own now that I sometimes don't even, I, I genuinely don't think to invite people with me. I think that's a really good point, though, is that so many people are all talk. And if there's one thing you and I aren't, mm, it's all exactly. talk. Like when we were at the point when when we say we're going to do something, especially if we've said it to other people mm. publicly, we do 100%. it. 100%. Whereas other people, other people, they say, yeah, I'm in, I'm coming, I'm 100%. And it's like, okay, well, do you have your flight? I don't believe anyone until they and have I think, a flight I think that's the big ever. thing. And, I, and as you said, I pride myself on not being flaky. Because like you said, and you're, I feel like this is why you and I have always gotten on as well as we have I mean personality wise we are total Mm -hmm. opposites like Steph and I are like black and white (laughs) like complete opposites but when it comes down to doing doing shit um and you know we're spontaneous so we say hey you know uh, do you want to go here do you want to book this we do it and if if we didn't live so far away from each other I I would imagine you and I would probably travel a hell of a lot more together but you know, unfortunately, geography-wise, that, yeah. that can't happen. Um, but it's like, it is so, so infuriating. Yeah, when people... And I think that's part of it. I think I did, you know, have a few friends uh, over here in London that were just a little bit flaky. And, you know, you'd always kind of rely on the same few. Like, hey, do you want to go on a, a weekend here or a weekend here? You know, one day they're in... Yeah, yeah, definitely. Let's look into it. And then it never happens. So I think I just got sick of that. And, yeah. you know, most of my traveling now is is solo. And I honestly would not have it any other way. I, I was saying the other day at work, I was, you know, talking about, um, one of the trips I recently went on to, um, Jordan and Oman, which I was on my own. Um, and you know, again, like a colleague was like, Oh, that's like weird to go on your own. I'm like, no, I don't think it is. And I was kind of saying like, God forbid one day when I actually am in, you know, a long-term relationship or married and I'm going to probably still want to go traveling, <laughs> traveling alone. I honestly, <laughs> I find traveling with a partner one of the most stressful things. I'm like... <laughs> well, can I tell you what? That was one of those things I was most worried about um, moving out here. Because Andrew, when I met Andrew, mm-hmm. my partner, he he was traveling solo oh, as well. Oh, that's right. So he was, doing three, he was doing three months through the United States when I met him. And I was doing a few months through the United States on a personal mm-hmm. project. And we crossed paths, and that's how we met. Obviously, we hit it off well. I live in yeah. Australia now. But um, coming out here, I, I was thinking about it. I'm like, this is going to be an interesting adjustment. And what worked in my favor here was the government of Australia required me to leave every 90 right. days. Um, so every 90 days, I was, you know, I went to New Zealand. I went to Bali and Indonesia. I went to um, Fiji. Oh, my gosh. I went to Fiji. Uh, <laughs> I like how you know. So I was getting my solo travel fill out of necessity, out of a, it was a visa requirement that I leave Australia. And then since then, like, I think I just got really lucky. Like he's really, like, if there's anything I want to do, he doesn't want to hold me back by not doing it with me. I was recently out there in, in, um, what was it? April? Yeah. Like a couple months ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, Steph and I, we went on our road trip and, um, your partner, Andrew, he, he went on his own like little mini holiday, didn't he? Yeah, he. so when we, you and I were on our way to Adelaide, he went to New Caledonia, which is a uh, country off the east coast of Australia. He went there by himself for a week, for his birthday. Yeah. And I, I think that's... birthday. It's probably... Yeah. <laughs> Happy birthday. Um, I think we called him on his birthday. It was fine. 
we sang him happy birthday. Yeah. We were drunk. He was drunk. It's like we were all together. But yeah, it probably, I mean, if anything, because you guys both appreciate and enjoy solo traveling, it probably complements your relationship. You know, because I'm just thinking one day, yeah. God, again, God forbid I get into a relationship with someone that doesn't understand solo traveling and has never done it. And the thought of, you know, mm. their girlfriends <laughs> going off on their own. I can't picture someone like that being your match. It wouldn't happen yeah. anyways. But, you know, again, it's going to be one of those one of those adjustments, I'm sure. But, you know, we need to find me a man first. So, um, not not anything not anything <laughs> I need to worry about in the near future. Um, is there anywhere any place that you've gone that was sort of your your favorite place to travel on your own and then anywhere that you've gone where you thought, mm, maybe maybe I wouldn't come here alone again. Or maybe this is somewhere I would prefer to have some company. Yeah, I think I'd say off the top of my head, because I spent a bit of time, quite a bit of time in India Mm -hmm. by myself. And I think that was the first time, it was a little bit jarring Mm -hmm. for me. And I think just because I wasn't prepared. And I just, like, it didn't hit me. And then it was the night before... I was going off on my own in India. I had this, like, I just had a straight up moment of like, oh, I'm a, you know, I'm a woman by myself traveling through India. Right. Where they have uh, things like travel advisories against that. And, and, you know, we always talk about, there are advisories. We always talk about using that as your, at your discretion, but things like that as a woman. Yeah. And, and that's, that's something like that is definitely, you know, if you're not comfortable doing it, don't do something you're not comfortable doing. For me personally, I remember I emailed my mother, God bless her. And I was like, mom, I'm freaking out a little bit, blah, blah, blah. And she was just like, you're fine. Go to sleep. You'll wake up tomorrow. It'll be a new day. Put on your big girl panties. And yeah, and she was right. And that was actually exactly what I needed to hear was someone to just be like, Steph, shut up. You're fine. And I then at least I had my little moment and I told someone I was having it. But sometimes um, that's all it takes just to get it out there. Yeah, and it was fine. Like, I really just psyched myself out because of the things you hear. And I did end up traveling by myself. You know, I got around in the towns by myself. I flew by myself. Um, But same thing, and then I met a lot of people. So usually when I was sightseeing there, you know, I was with people from all around the world. I had something very similar when I I went to Morocco for the first time. And that was on my own. Um, And I probably, again, because this was very early on into when I moved over over to Europe, I'd I'd never done any solo traveling. But at that point, I think I'd been to Rome. And my second trip on my own was to Marrakesh. Now, I didn't really do much Mm -hmm. research. I just sort of, I saw a cheap flight. I booked it. I remember speaking to my dad who encouraged me to book it. He's like, go to Marrakesh. It'll be awesome. Um, And it's the same thing. Mm. I just hadn't really read up much about um, Morocco as a country or Marrakesh as a city. And being a solo traveler, especially being female um, in a city like Marrakesh. Now, at no no point did I ever feel unsafe. I I found it was a very safe, uh, safe place. But walking around... Granted, I stick out like a like a sore thumb. I am a very tall. I'm six feet tall, blonde woman. So walking around alone in Marrakesh, you know, I just ended up getting a lot of attention from everyone. It wasn't just men, women as well, kids that were there, and I just found it very. Un- I wasn't used to it. I found it re- really uncomfortable, and to the point that after a couple of days, I ended up 
sort of just sitting in my hostel one afternoon. And I was like, look, I can't, like, I don't want to go back out there. It's just too much for me. And because I was in a hostel, because I was traveling alone, I had actually met these two guys that were living in the hostel. They were from Romania. And I met them a couple of days before and they were lovely guys. And they saw me this afternoon and they said like, oh, what do you, you know, it's like two o'clock in the afternoon. You should be out. Um, and I kind of told them, you know, how I was feeling. And I said, oh, you know, I'm just feeling a little bit uncomfortable. And like, I feel like I shouldn't be here alone. And these two guys, so nice. They, you know, they said to me, we're going to go out. We're going out to the square. Um, feel free to come with us. We're going to get some food. And if you're with us, you, you know, you'll be fine because you're with, you know, I don't know if it's because it was two men probably, but I went out with these two guys and they both walked on either side of me while we were walking around the square and in the souks. Mm-hmm. And immediately I just felt completely at ease. Um, so I, yeah. again, Morocco, I don't know if I would as much as, and I absolutely loved it. I would never discourage anyone, um, from going there, whether with people or, or alone, this was just my own experience, but I don't know if I would go there again on my own as a six foot tall blonde woman. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, you don't blend. It was just for me, again, didn't feel unsafe, just a bit uncomfortable. But that, again, it's one of those things, just do your own research. Um, maybe speak to other people that have been there on their own and see what their experience was. So was there anywhere you've been that you can think of? I have one place that comes to mind immediately where you went, because we do, we talk a lot about how we go places ourselves and then we end up mm-hmm. traveling with people. Is there anywhere you've gone where you intentionally were very solo the whole time. Like you didn't necessarily want to meet people. You didn't want, like you wanted yeah, that. So I, uh, I think it was a couple summers ago. I went to Switzerland and I think I was having, I don't know, some type of like quarter life. Well, past quarter life. Cause yeah, I was you know, into my thirties at that point, but I was having one of those. Yeah. Crises, <laughs> uh, in London. It was God knows what was going on. I'm like, I just need a break. I just want to get out. And I wanted just to go somewhere open, um, with fresh air. I wanted to go on a hike. I love going on hikes just on my own. Um, and Switzerland came up and I found this small town in Switzerland and I'm like, right, that looks beautiful. I'm going there and I'm going to not speak to anyone and I'm going to do my own thing. And that's exactly what I did. And I spent four days in, um, in the Alps, in the Swiss Alps, hiking, having this beautiful scene. The only person I really met was my Airbnb host who was absolutely lovely. I met up with him, you know, the first day I got there, he gave me a map. He showed me, you know, the best trails to hike on. And then after that, that was kind of it. I'd see him at the end of the day, he'd say hi, and then he would go inside the house. So that was that trip. And I, I can't even describe how good I felt just being on my own, not having to speak to anyone. Just again, it was that feeling of like, empowerment I felt so refreshed and like revitalized when I came back from this four-day hiking hiking excursion um in one of the most beautiful beautiful I can't even I would honestly highly recommend oh I'm so envious everyone go to Switzerland (laughs) it is stunning I have to and even after that I put Switzerland up on one of my favorite countries and it wasn't anywhere that I had ever really thought oh I really want to go there again it was like cheap flight beautiful town yeah no, trust me. I hear you there. <laughs> it's usually how I decide yeah, where to go. But that was literally four days of isolation. I I didn't and I turned my phone off for most of it. It was, you know, it was beautiful. Um, what about you? Where did yeah. you go? You said you had one in mind. Well, mine was and you know, some people are going to some people are going to say that sounds beautiful and some people are going to roll their eyes that it sounds cliché, but um so when I had to leave Australia, I went to Bali, Indonesia mm. by myself. And 
what you hear a lot about here in Australia is people either love Bali or they don't like it because there's a lot of, you know, it's known for Australians to go there to party and that really wasn't what I wanted. And I was the same where I was just needing to feel like myself again. I, I, there was some, like, I, I moved to a new country. All my friends were on the other side of the world. Um, you know, it was just, you, it was a, a huge adjustment period and I wasn't quite feeling like myself. So I booked a little, uh, getaway to Bali and essentially I, so for four nights I stayed in Ubud and for three nights I stayed on Gili Air, which is the quieter of all the islands. Of all the Gili and, islands, Gili, mm-hmm. uh, cause I've been there, but I was on Gili T and that is not a quiet island. <laughs> yeah. And I just went and I had... You know, I said hello to people passing on the streets, but I really, I had a villa that I got to myself and I took a lot of mm. books. I read a lot. There was, in Ubud, there's a lot of like, you know, vegetarian cafes and really it's health and wellness focused. And so I went and had, just even eating though, like the the fresh food and, you know, just everything was so fresh and so natural and it was just it was a perfect reset bali is one of those places um because what you were saying earlier where a lot of people do see it as like party party party, especially in australia um you know there is loads of aussies that that go over and um you know they kind of hang out i think they go what to kuta seminyak those are sort of like the party areas but you can do the total opposite type of holiday in Bali. And, and like you said, stuff where you were in like Ubud. Ubud is very spiritual and it's known for yoga mm-hmm. and meditation and uh, Gili Air as well. Yeah. So Steph, when you're traveling solo, do you find that you're learning a lot just about like yourself, your personality, like uh, getting in touch yes. with, you know, things you like, things you don't like, things that you would not necessarily learn about yourself if you were with other people, if that makes sense? Okay, so it's funny you ask this because I've been thinking about this so much this week and I'll tell you why. Yes, the answer is yes. I learned so much about myself and what I think blows me away is learning what I'm capable of. People can put all these crazy situations to you, but until you're traveling by yourself, you don't realize how capable you are. You yeah. figure it out because you have to. There's, You're not just going to stand in the street until someone comes and helps you. You figure it out. And I've been thinking about that a lot this week and last week more so just because I'm afraid almost Mm. of losing that like of because I'm not doing it as much now like I'm still going places by myself but I'm not in these like crazy situations I used to be you know backpacking and um what I do now is well I think I was just as I I age I'm doing things in a more well thought out way (laughs) which is probably smart but (laughs) I'm not finding myself in those situations where you know, I'm really realizing just what I'm capable of. And I don't know. I don't I, like, think I you don't will. I think it, that. It's, but I don't, I, I think it's like you said, as you get older, you just plan things a bit better. And again, even any solo trip I do now, I, I do plan a lot more than I would have say 10 years ago, just because I'm older and wiser. Um, but I still feel, and, and I think because of that, you're less likely to get into you know, a situation abroad where you need to think on a whim. But I still feel like it's like riding a bike, no? Like when you when you've had to sort of fend for yourself while so while traveling on your own, um, I, I do you not feel like you build up those experiences and then you just have them kind of shelved away in your brain and if you ever do have to use them again, they come out? <laughs> Say that again. Say that again? I'm oh, just saying like, like saying what you were saying, like you're afraid that okay. you're gonna lose 
that sort of what sense of what like independence or maybe I don't get what you're saying uh, independence spontaneity um just that uh, maybe that fierceness is okay right fierceness word. like so when I travel now I do I think it out like I I do more research I you know book my ground transport and I get rental cars often now which I didn't when I was backpacking on a budget um so it's really just gotten a lot easier mm-hmm. as I'm going now because I've you learn so much as you go but that I'm trying to think of the last time I had a really confronting challenge that you have to use oh. your but that's my point do you not think of, yeah. if it did well a is it not a uh, a good thing that you're not getting those challenges and then b <laughs> I mean and also b if it did come up do you not think from your previous experiences they would just come back to you yeah yeah, I mean, I would figure. I guess I know this is probably the this is probably a larger. This is probably aging. Discussion. Yeah, I was going to say this is probably a whole other topic. Um, we digress, but okay. So yeah. I, I'm I'm I see what you're saying. Um, I also find when mm. you're traveling on your own, or well, for me anyways, it just because you don't have someone with you or no one to kind of speak to and have a conversation with, it just gives you a lot more time to think. And a lot of the time you, I I find I'm thinking about just my life in general and, you know, what I'm doing with it or what I'm not doing with it and what I like and what I don't like. I feel like I learn a lot about myself when I'm just kind of on my own with my own thoughts. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, that's, I think a lot of people are maybe scared of that, maybe scared to be stuck with their own thoughts. I don't know. Because they can be scary. I mean, sometimes I think of things and I'm like, holy <laughs> shit, like, how long have I been brewing that one up in my brain? I know it's, um, <laughs> but I mean, that honestly, like traveling. It's all coming to the forefront. Yeah, it's true. And I think that's, you know, been a big part of, of traveling solo. And it just gives me that time to like reflect on my own life. And I don't yeah. know, is. I like that. Yeah. I think, I think you're right. I think we just nailed why some people are. Wow. We went, we went deep. Ooh, maybe people are just scared. <laughs> it's not that they're scared to travel alone. It's that they're scared to be their own company. Confront which, what's, yeah, Which you should never do. Guys, I have to say, I am the best company. I know. So why would I not want to be with only myself on a holiday? <laughs> Agreed. I mean. There's times I think about it where, you know, I'm walking I remember this feeling specifically when it was probably, it was dark, it was night, and I was walking down the street, and I'm like, I'm walking down the street at night in Indonesia, and I feel like a badass. Like, yeah. this, like I had a life moment of, like, I'm doing this right now. Is there anything that, so even now, because you, we, well, we've both traveled so much on our, on our own, is there anything that you wouldn't do now? Like, I know when I'm, you know, Bali, again, I went to Bali. I was there for a couple of days on my own. I did meet up with a friend mm-hmm. later. But, you know, I had no problem just going to the bars, sit up at the bar, have a few beers, speak mm-hmm. to a few locals. I go and have dinner on my own. Like, none of that even phases me now. Does it phase you at all? Same. No, not in the no. slightest. And even I find I crave it sometimes. Yeah. Like, what was it here the other week even? I just went to the movies by myself. I really wanted to see Aladdin. Nice. And Andrew definitely did not want to see that. And... So, you know, they have like $10 Mondays and I just walked down to the theater and had a little, went, got a coffee at the cafe and had a little day Went saw it and it was just so nice. Like it's, I don't know. I love doing things by myself. Yeah. And it's the same with, it's like you said, you know, you wanted to go see Aladdin, your partner didn't. Why should you wait on Hmm. 
someone else to go do something you want to do. And that's exactly that. If you want to, if there's a country you've been dying to go to, but you know, you don't know anyone else that wants to go or is interested in it, book it on your own. Just go by yourself. It's easy yeah. as that. Yeah, and definitely. life is way too short to, you know, be waiting on other people um, to live the life that you want to live. Yes. Right? I have one friend in specific that in mind right now, as you say that, that constantly they're like, oh, my friends suck. Like they do, they go to the same place every year. So I think he has this idea in his head that his friends do travel, but they're going to the exact same place every year, doing the exact same things. And he's like, I want to go to other places. My friends really suck. And I just want to be like, stop making excuses. Yes. It's not your friends that suck. It's you that sucks. If you, if, if, yeah, they're doing what they want to do. Like different people have different travel styles. And if they feel safe and fine and enjoy going to the same place all the time, so be it. You know, good on them. More power to them. If you want to do something else, don't blame it on your friends. Don't wait on them. Don't blame it on them. It's your life. You've only got one life. Yeah. You got to. Do do it how you want to do it. There's so many song inserts. I hope you like cut into oh, this episode. I could do. Um, riding solo. I'm riding solo. Oh, all right. I'm definitely like a star. J- Jason Derulo. So yeah, I'm definitely keeping that in. I feel like we just talked a lot about a lot of things. So let's let's go backwards. Let's go backwards for this little bring it all together. Okay. Don't make excuses. If you want to do something. No excuses. You can save money. You can do it budget. You can you can do it and you can do it by yourself. So all the excuses you're telling yourself. You only need yourself. Cut them out. To have a you good time. You can do it however you want to do it. If you want to be solo and be solitary the whole time, you can do that. If you want to be solo and meet people, you can do that. I mean, there's so many benefits of traveling solo mm-hmm. that I feel like if I could tell anyone, like, I'm going to pull a Nike here, but like, just do it. Oh, Really? She said it. Swoosh. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I just came out really strong. Yeah. All right. Great. Like Steph said, get out there. See the world. Don't wait on anyone else because you might be alone forever. So (laughs) just kidding, guys. I mean... I'm not a negative person. I'm a realist. This is this is how I like to describe myself. So hey, don't rely on anyone else. Don't don't wait on anyone else. You are all you need. You are all you need. Oh, and on go. that note, thanks for listening, guys. Uh, happy <laughs> travels to everyone, alone or with others. All the shit I've learned abroad is a travel podcast focused on anything and everything related to travel. You can listen to us on multiple platforms from iTunes to Google Play Music and more. And with that, please, if you have a chance, give us a five-star review on iTunes or whatever platform you listen on. That drives us up the charts and really, really helps us out. Want to support us on Patreon? Find us over at Shit Have Learned Abroad Pod and donations start as low as just $1. Also, if you could follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Shit Abroad Pod and Facebook by searching all the shit I've learned abroad. Thanks so much for listening. 